Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hi, everybody. This is Eden on Talk Purpose and Truth podcast once again, and I'm here with Kim. How are you, Kim? Hi. Glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah, so we have uh, another great guest today. She's an actress, producer, and voiceover artist. Oh, and she's a writer. And her name is Brandy Stillwell. Hi, Hi. Brandy. We want to welcome you here. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. And like what? Triple threat? No. Uh, (laughs) Octagon threat. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Now you have a new phrase. (laughs) Octo. Octo threat. Octo threat. Okay, she's going to have us laughing. I know. <laughs> um, we were recording a couple other uh, episodes before yours, and they were more deep and serious. serious. Yes. And now this is going to be good. It's going to be more up. Upbeat. <laughs> yeah, I'll fix that for you right now. Okay. Thank you, Octo. I'm going to call you Octo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've answered to much worse. <laughs> Um, so what led you to comedy writing and producing? How did you get started doing that? Um, you know, my entire life, I had so many weird, bizarre things happen to me. And, um, I remember even like I went to film school in Rockport, Maine, and I was between seasons, not semesters, seasons, because, you know, before the, you know, climate change, you couldn't put dolly tracks up in Maine in the winter. So it was seasons. And um, I was doing an internship at a trailer company in New York City. And every time I would go out, something bizarre or random would happen to me. And everyone, (laughs) I'd come back with like bird poop in my hair or on my back. uh, you know, I'd hand a homeless man like, oh, do you want the rest of my egg salad sandwich? And then he would chuck it back at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't like egg salad. And you're like, OK. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Um, so every time I would come back from lunch, I just, you know, was all disheveled. <laughs> and I had a story. I always had a story. And everyone was always, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, everything was Seinfeld. So then it was like, um, screw Seinfeld. I want Stillwell. I'm like, all right, I got the material. (laughs) When I moved to Los Angeles, um, uh, I had, uh, one of my producer friends was just like, you need to get into improv and you need to get into storytelling. And so I've just been doing it, um, out there hustling. (laughs) Waiting wow. from this theater and this theater and this theater. Now this theater is closed and this theater is closed, but you know, still out there. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, my parents every week are like, oh, so what tragic thing happened this week? <laughs> uh, 
Uh-huh. You know, the that, tags were stolen. <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminded me, I have to say this. Um, I, I went to, on a cruise with two girlfriends, uh, for my high school graduation. And we went, to, we were in Puerto Vallarta walking down the street and a large truck filled with live lobsters, um, drove by us and there were two guys in the back of the truck with the lobsters and they started throwing them at us they were like first they were whistling like you know these three hot chicks walking by <laughs> um <laughs> and then they were throwing they threw lobsters at us oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah so we had to run but yeah that that is kind of like your stories yeah. Wait, were they live lobsters they were alive yes mm-hmm. so it's animal cruelty and cruelty to women <laughs> right Many them back to the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought we were aerial. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah. So, yes. Back okay. To the, back to the I show, know, right? Well, so you you mentioned in your book, none of this is going to plan. Some of the crazy stories you mentioned, and on there, I noticed you said like wearing a back brace to the Playboy Mansion party, and you had all these crazy stories. Can you share a couple other stories with us, and and how to find that book? Yes, yeah, the book is called None of This Is Going According to Plan, and you can buy it on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, and um, it it's a collection of true short comedic stories um originally it was called jesus hates me but my mother tolerates me 70 short stories to give you a vague idea why (laughs) everyone loved that title except for my mom (laughs) (laughs) so uh since i respect my mother um I changed the title from Jesus Hates Me to None of This Is Going According to Plan. (laughs) Um, And yes, one of the stories is um, when I was working at Family Guy, I uh, ended up getting invited to the Playboy Mansion actually numerous times. And I'm like this like nerdy improv girl. And I was like, I don't fit. I don't fit the, you know, whatever it is that men were looking for at the Playboy Mansion. That was not me. So uh, I would always wear my scoliosis back brace underneath my dress or out like Halloween costume or whatever. Hmm. And it would just, you know, I'd be in the corner like snort laughing. um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I mean, I like, why am I here? But, you know, it was uh, amazing to be a fly on the wall just to be like oh my god really um and uh so yeah so I I talk about that but I have like there's so many stories there's there's the out of all of the stories that are all true and happened there is actually one story that didn't happen but it was suggested um and that one was, uh, I knew uh, a live-in ex-boyfriend was cheating and um, I had, he had dragged me back to Texas to his grandmother's funeral and I didn't want to go because I loved his family. And I was like, you know, we're on a short fuse here. <laughs> this isn't going to last much longer. And so we were at his mother's, his mother had moved in with the grandmother for her the last like few years of her life and uh so we had gone to the funeral earlier that day and I was like you know um I was sitting between 
my now ex-boyfriend and his brother, and they were too afraid to go to the casket. And I'm like, I'll go. Do you want me to do you want me to give your grandmother a message? I'll give her a message at the castle. And they were both like clutching my hands, terrified. And I'm just like, um, all right, I guess I won't go. So I never saw her. I had met her before, but I didn't see her that day in the casket. And then we had, there was the graveside service. Then we got back home and my ex's mother kept saying, you know, my mom just didn't look right. She didn't look right. And um, she just kept asking, like, did you guys, did you see her? Did you feel like she didn't look right? And I'm like, I, I don't know, because, you know, I wasn't allowed to go up because of these two. And, you know, um, so all of a sudden, his mother screams and points at something under the couch. And it was her mother's bottom dentures. Oh, my gosh. And so they had, um, they Forgot. had. Yeah, it was too late um, because oh. she'd already been embalmed and now lowered in the ground. But, uh, you know, when you love somebody and you care for them, you're like, you know, there's nothing you wouldn't do for them. And so immediately in my head, I'm like, you know, I, I took a phone call in the garage the other day. There was a shovel. There's a headlamp. And I started to devise a plan for us to go dig the grandmother back up. I could get, I knew it wasn't in like a sarcophagus that it went into the ground. So I'm like, I can get the lid open. You can't put it in the mouth. That's, we're too late for that. But I could at least put it on her chest. Oh my God. It the idea. And I just remember the look of my, um, you know, the face that my ex was giving me at that point. It was just like, oh, fuck, no, 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 please. (laughs) I started to pitch to his mom, and he knew if the mother heard it, that she would probably go along with it. And then, so that is like the only story in the book that didn't happen, uh, Uh just because, you know, I could have gone to jail. um, But it wasn't like grave robbing. It's like grave contributing. Uh, I know. Yeah. And I'm thankful that I didn't do it. I mean, I am the kind of person that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And I wouldn't have had, I could have like, just, I could have just done it. And uh, that's what scares me. Um, So anyway, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't dig up his grandmother, but I was ready to, and I knew where all of the uh, tools were to be able to successfully succeed in it. (laughs) (laughs) It really says a lot about your character. (laughs) And I didn't go, and we ended up breaking up and he, (laughs) because he was cheating and last I knew he's still with her. So, you know, Uh, yeah, that, yeah, they can cancel each other out and I didn't go to jail. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) he didn't appreciate your generosity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you Um, also have written books for DC Comics. (laughs) Um, I created a character called Sasquatch Detective, um, and actually, uh, it came out of it came out of Improv Olympic West, and then it, and then eventually came. Well, I had done a like one time somebody I was on stage, and somebody initiated that we were in the woods, and so I came out as a yeti named Tanya. And I had just been talking about Tanya Harding earlier that day and how much I love Tanya Harding. (laughs) Again, the underdogs. Um, 
<laughs> so I don't, I had the name Tanya in my head. So I came out and as a Yeti that actually had a podcast and uh, my relatives would kidnap campers and bring them to come to my treehouse so I could interview them. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when I, so that just kind of became a character that I just put in my back pocket and then when I was doing Second City, I had auditioned to get into the grad program and ended up on a team where it was four women, four men. And one of our assignments was we had to write a sketch that had all four women in it. In, in it. And you could have one of the guys, two of the guys, all the guys, could be everybody, but it just had to showcase the four women. And I was driving... I lived in Glendale at the time and I was driving to WonderCon in Anaheim and I had to, I had to write that sketch that weekend, but I didn't know what I wanted. And uh, I, over by Chavez Ravine by Dodger Stadium, there's a road called Police Academy Road. And that is like, if you remember the beginning of Charlie's Angels, uh -huh. uh, on a time there were three little girls that went to the police academy and all of a sudden I'm like oh my god that's it I'm going to write a Charlie's Angels type sketch and then add the Yeti into it and um over time it ended up morphing from being Yeti detective to Sasquatch detective uh -huh. At that point, some editors from DC Comics had seen the show, and then eventually the publisher came, and then I was asked, like, hey, would you want to flesh this out as a character? And I'm like, yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, so Mark Russell, there's like a critically acclaimed comic book called um, Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, and it ended up going into the back of the, it was a six part series. Uh, Sasquatch Detective was supposed to go in all six, but we had problems with the artwork. Um, the artist was like in the middle of a divorce. Uh -huh. <laughs> like what, you know, the script was at the printer, you know, Exit Stage Left, the first episode, the first comic was supposed to go out, but they didn't, we didn't have the artwork and we finally got the artwork and it was not what we, what we had seen previously. And so it, we were like, let's hold off on it. So it ended up being in the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth comic for Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. And then about a year or so later, they came to me and were like, hey, we want to do a one shot. So they ended up putting all five backstories into it and then gave me, I think, 30 pages to however I wanted to tell the story. So I ended up telling like, you know, a prequel up to those five stories, basically an origin story of Tanya and her parents in the Kentucky Appalachian Mountain. Uh -huh. and, and how she makes it to Los Angeles and then the very very last page sets it up for a continual wow so there's is there two there's two of those then or one there's just the one shot right now and then uh -huh. at one point it was supposed to be an animated project and it was going to go like into HBO Max but then AT&T bought Warner Brothers and then things uh -huh. chopped up left and right and that was one of the casualties of the, uh -huh. the platform that it was supposed to go to through Warner Brothers animation got chopped and and now it's it's in its dormant phase. <laughs> it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Come back. She's, it'll happen. Divine. Dinner. <laughs> wow. 
Well, yeah. that's all very exciting that you were yeah. able to do that, though. And that's such a big deal, DC Comics, you know? Mm-hmm. That's iconic. Yeah. So yeah. We, we noticed you also um, were a producer for Mad TV. I was an associate post producer. So when I first started, um, when I first started at Mad TV, um, I just did audio. And even though as like a post supervisor, you would normally do everything, but Mad TV was so big at that time um, because it wasn't, you know, we had a third of the budget that Saturday Night Live had and, you know, they were live, but we would have to do pre-tapes and then we would shoot pre-tapes every Thursday and then every other Friday we had a live taping. Um, So you would take the sketches that were shot on Thursdays and, you know, if it was every other Friday was live taping, every other Friday we would do pre-tapes as well. So then we would take those edited sketches and play them back to the audience, the pre-tapes, so we could get like a laugh track, but even mm. you know, we had an audience that was there until like, if they got there at five and we're still taping at one o'clock in the morning, no one's laughing. Um, so wow. then we have to bring in a sweetener to uh, make it sound like it, it was really hilarious. And, you know, you'd have to be very strategic of how, what sketches you would play back. Cause you knew what would be a hit and what would be hit in this kind of thing. And then, we would play those back in front of the live audience sketches. So uh, in the beginning, there were two of us, and then it became uh, down to me. Um, and so the last few the last few years that I was there, it was just me as the associate. Mm-hmm. Wow, we but had it- Deborah on the show in the past. Deborah oh, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is unique for sure. She's oh, awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, I wonder yeah. what that laugh is about. <laughs> I just remember when I was at Family Guy, there was one time she, you know, she's like a, uh, gosh, what is it? it? Was a Mike Myers character, Simon from Saturday Night Live, that they gave him chocolate and he had like the body harness on and take off running down the street with the jungle <laughs> just behind him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that That's Deborah sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She has a lot of energy. Lots of energy, and I would give anything to have you know a tenth of it half the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's good people and insanely talented, and does tons of voiceover now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, she talked about that. Um, and you also write for Disney, or you have been, you have in the past, or are you still doing that now? Um, the program that I wrote for it, you know, with everything, everything gets cut. Uh, uh, so. When I was first hired by Disney, it was audio. And so it was um, Amazon Echo Dot for kids. The first one that I did was Zootopia. And so I it was I wrote 30 sketches and this other lady wrote 30 sketches. And but you had to write it geared towards it's just audio. So it's like old timey radio kind of thing. And uh, Jennifer Goodwin and Jason Bateman came in and recorded the sketches that we wrote. And then uh, the next one I got was uh, The Incredibles. And that was Sarah Val came in and read Violet. And then uh, the actor who played Dash. So, you know, you had restrictions because it was just like, you know, you couldn't get Holly Hunter. So what I wrote had to be within those guidelines of the kids adventure. Um, and then the baby was just a sound effect. So um After that, I was given um, 
the Star Wars books. So I would take your Choose Your Adventure of Star Wars. And it was, I did, gosh, uh, Luke and Leia, Han and Chewie, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Poe and Finn. And then I would just rewrite it to where the actors could come in. And then that was done as interaction through Amazon Echo Dot. So I would take the book and I would rewrite it. Um, and, you know, one of the cool things that I did, because, you know, if you're reading a book and it would say like Jabba the Hunt, you know, insinuated that he wanted them, you know, he wanted them to uh, get out of the Millennium Falcon because it's his now. Um, I would have to write Huntonese. And, you know, so you're having to write dialogue that didn't, ex you know, from uh -huh. like a language that didn't exist. And so what I ended up writing had to be signed off on from uh, uh, Lucasfilms, which I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But I think that to me, that is one of my uh, coolest accomplishments was yeah. Huntonese <laughs> and getting approved for it. So. Oh, amazing. <laughs> that and is. I want to clarify just for my my girls, my daughters, yeah. for the, for the Incredibles. So, will you write? You wrote for part of the movie. No, it's not the movie. It was oh, for it? it's an inner. It was uh, uh, those were called um, Disney dailies, I believe. And so uh, there ended up being like sixty of them. So for sixty days you could ask your Amazon Echo Dot, like, you know, what's what's new uh, with the Incredibles today? And it would be, you know, like a two minute to three minute sketch. And so after that, then it ended up becoming uh, Disney dailies, which were, or Disney stories, which is like interaction with kids. So, but it was still audio. And then those were the Princess and the Frog, the Little Mermaid, uh, Mickey and Friends, and then I think I did two cars. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, I know. Disney. We love Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, of course, you know, the sad thing was that was all done through the Glendale campus, which is now closing, and um, they're moving it to Florida. So that department kind of got axed, um, sadly. So, uh, that is why that I have not continued because <laughs> that is another thing of friends that work there, layoffs and everything. And uh -huh. you know, yeah. oh, too bad. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, you also, um, again, is this, I'm not sure. I know you have been, have done this. Is this current as well? Working on American dad and Stevie Griffin, the untold story and family guy. Oh, so yeah, I was the, after I left Mad TV a lifetime ago, then I also did, um, uh, I worked at Family Guy and then when they brought, when American Dad first premiered, I did like the first seven episodes, but you know, I was getting home at three in the morning every day, mm -hmm. having to be back in at 10 and was like, I can't, I can't do this and I'm crazy. Um, yeah. Because uh, it's just too many hours. Yeah. Uh, so then I just went back to do uh, Family Guy. So okay. and the other thing that you mentioned was just, uh, that was just like one of the straight to home DVD things, you know, a mm -hmm. lifetime, a lifetime ago. So, okay. And did you, we, we want, we're curious about uh, if you, whether or not you worked with Seth McFarlane, McFarlane. Uh, yeah. I sat in the booth with him. It was, uh, so it was Seth and I in the booth with our, uh, uh, recording engineer 
And then whoever, you know, it was, you know, your cast. And then of course the majority of a lot of the voices were some of the writers and then whoever your, your guest voices were that week would be like right outside, but it just depended on like, you know, if it was like, if it's, if it was uh, Seth and Alex, you know, they would go jump in the booth together back and they don't really do this anymore because I'm not putting Seth down, but he cares about the Orville now. That's what Seth does is the Orville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my understanding. He hasn't even been in the office in years. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. but back in the day, it would be just Seth and I, and um, uh, who, the engineer. And then of course, whoever was recording and, you know, we had an insane amount of people that would come through and record. I mean, Carrie Fisher, um, one of my favorite Carrie Fisher stories is, um, you know, she'd come in and of course, you know, it's sealed, you know, it's, it's a recording booth and soundproof. So uh, she would always come in with like a glass from home with ice in it and like soda. And, um, you know, she would walk in and check in at the front desk and then come over, you know, over by the recording booth. And you'd be talking to her and everything and hand her her scripts, have her sign her her exhibit G and whatnot. And she'd go in the booth. And then I'm like, oh, I have, you know, from another episode, I need her to get these, this dialogue too. So when you would run into the booth and you'd open the door, Cause it's like sealed shut the smell. You're like, Oh, that's not diet. Coke. Oh, I was going to ask you if there was something else in there. Oh, there, was, there was a lot of other stuff in there. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, damn. Um, but again, you couldn't smell it if you were like out in the open, but it was just in the recording booth. Um, uh-huh. he was, uh, you know, sassy and a pistol. And I, Oh my God. I loved her with every, every fiber of my being. So yeah. Uh, so when she passed, I, I, I took it very hard. Uh, uh, she was, you know, she was one of a kind. I mean, princess Leia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you guys are Disney. So it's like Disney and star Wars. I'm like, ah, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. And That's I have to, special. I have to ask you, you, did you work with Scott Grimes? Too? Yeah, I know Scott. Yeah, or okay. did. I mean, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah. he was uh, um, he was American Dad, and yeah, uh, and so now he's on the Orville too. Yeah, yeah. Not we. He's an old friend, someone we used to um, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went to school together. Yeah. Okay. He's a good guy. He is definitely yeah. one of the good guys. And I'm I think I'm Facebook friends with him. I, he has a wine um, collection now. <laughs> yeah I saw that yeah so I haven't I haven't seen or talked to him in years but yeah I mean I'm still Facebook friends with him and you know I don't know I can go on about this but it's like my Facebook feed for whatever reason is like 20 people and it's like their last five posts for last five days and that's like all I see anymore (laughs) yeah I have no idea how to fix it (laughs) yeah there's nothing I don't think there's anything that you can do about that one yeah yeah Um, she, you know what, Kim, she was, were you, when you talk, you remind me of Renee Zellweger. When who talks? Not you, Brandy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just your, your tone, the tone of your voice, but also like your comedic timing. There's something just about, yeah. Have you never heard that before? No, I haven't, but yeah. I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Because I'm like, to me, I'm like, oh, you mean Renee Zellweger, Judy, Judy Garland? Um, yeah, that and, one. Yeah. 
because one of the things that I do, um, a lot of my friends were like, especially during the pandemic, it was like, I go, I walk around cemeteries a lot, a lot. And especially during the pandemic, like you couldn't go for a walk because then I'd go, I'd come home angry because people would be out jogging without their masks and like breathing. So then I'm like, I'm angry. So I do a lot of cemetery walks and Hollywood forever is not too terribly far from me. And of course, Judy Garland is, mm. uh, has a, the Judy Garland pavilion and she is buried there now. So, um, I do spend time with Judy a lot. And then, so, you know, for the whole Renee Zellweger, I'm like, Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's rubbing off then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know what, you have an old Hollywood aura about you and your voice and just your manner everything's like old Hollywood right you remind me yeah like old school thank you I thought you were gonna say and then the ghost of Judy Garland walked behind me (laughs) yeah you never know (laughs) I brought her home with me (laughs) so so switching to mental health awareness I I heard you say you know that you were you didn't want to work from three in the morning, go back to work at 10 in the morning. And a lot of people do anyway, because they just get that like, go, go, go and never stop. And so how do you kind of set those boundaries and implement self-care so that you do keep your mental health, you know, in a balance during your work in the industry? But you're just assuming, by the way, that she does. Maybe she Yeah, do you? (laughs) Well, I walk around cemeteries. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I mean, and that was the thing, like during the pandemic that there were two things that kept me sane, mentally sane during the pandemic. One was walking around cemeteries because uh, there wasn't anyone alive to infect you. Um, and the other one was going to downtown Disney because it was open. Uh, and so I would drive yeah. down with my friend and we would pretend that the world was okay. And we were okay for like, you know, maybe two hours or three hours every other week. And that was just, you know, what we did. And so for me, um, I find men, well, I don't know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword or maybe my pendulum is swinging, but when I'm writing, it does bring me a certain peace but it depends on what I'm writing too. And then my pendulum starts swinging. And um, I had to write a project over the weekend that I, that I can't talk about, but it was, you know, a horror comedy. And then you're just like, you know, so my, my mind is going, is racing a thousand miles an hour. And of course, because I did all this improv, then my mind is like, if this, then what, if this, then what, and if this, then <laughs> what? I did this, then I could do this. And so then, you know, the next thing, you know, it's four in the morning and I'm like, Oh my God, I have to, um so it's just again it's a pendulum of some days it's really great and other days you're like you're struggling and um but I guess long story short to answer that would be me walking around cemeteries which I still do and then friends are like hey can you give us tours (laughs) (laughs) yes I can (laughs) I know everyone's there um so that and uh, sometimes uh, downtown Disney when the parks weren't open. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, you know, it's funny. I don't think I grew up here all my life and I don't think I've ever gone. I know what it is, but I don't think I've ever gone there. Have you gone there, Eden? You're talking about the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't either. I've heard of okay. it. Okay. But, but we're, next- we're uh, I, just because, you know, the energy, yeah. the energy is, it, Eden is it a media. a lot. 
Oh, and I'm an intuitive, but sometimes we pick up on energies that are, it's more difficult for us. Okay. So I am an antenna. Um, so there are some places that I, you know, I I can't go in hospitals. Uh, I can't do hospitals. I can't do churches. Um, can't do funeral homes. And there is one place at Hollywood forever that I, I cannot, it just, and I leave bawling my head off. It's, there's one area there that I just absolutely can't go there. But as, uh, as far as Hollywood forever goes, the amazing thing about that is, and, and I did lose a really good friend of mine who passed away during the pandemic, who's also buried there. So I always like, you know, make a little journey over to uh, his grave and kiss it really quick and like, hey, what's new? And then a little chit chat and then I, I bail. But um, the great thing about Hollywood Forever is because it is, there is, it's alive in a way that, you know, even when my my friend Tilt was buried there, I would tell people I felt like I want to imagine at night that Hollywood Forever is like the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's happy and dancing around because they do Sinspia. And so they're always projecting movies up against one of the mausoleums. Uh, They have cemetery cats and they're, it's a feral cat program. They're all fed and neutered and spayed. And if one shows up pregnant, they do fostering. And so there's a whole wall of like area of cats. There's peacocks. There are peacocks Uh, that that roam around the grounds. And then um, I think like five or six days a week, they do yoga. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's definitely some places there that are fantastic. And then there's, there's just that one area, uh-huh. like the, I think it's called the Cal Calvarium. I, I can't, I can't go into that one. Uh, and the energy, I've even spoken to one of the guards about it there too. And he's like, the energy in there is just dark. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. And it's like, nope. Do you know why? Or you don't know why? Um, yeah. There's, I know that there's, there's uh there's one I think there's several murder victims in there I there's mm. there's there's just it's the energy is very very mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay hey that was fun hey way to go Stillwell yeah <laughs> hey, yeah sorry you, you weren't allowed to do that oh okay well so now we'd love to know just about any projects you have coming up which i know you just said you can't share about one of them um or and and how do people find you um i am i'm on twitter and i am on instagram and it's like you know i'm so bad with social media that i'm sitting here i'm like i don't even know what my handle is um i would like to say that oh so instagram is brandy b-r-a-n-d-e-e underscore stillwell that's three l's not four everyone wants to give me four um so that's uh s-t-i-l-w-e-l-l and then um i am on twitter um and again what the hell is my um oh yeah at brandy stillwell so again two e's and brandy three l's and stillwell (laughs) Oh, I see on your Instagram that you have morning doves, little morning doves, Lucy and Ethel. Um, they, um, they've been here for like a week now. And so of course, I'm like, good luck. 
That's like, they're just bringing you peace and love. That's what that symbolizes. Oh, I love that. Because as soon as I saw it and their parents kind of hang out back there and watch them. And so I'm like, oh, you guys, I'm going on Target run. I'll be right back. So I grabbed oh, a huge cute. bag of bird food. Oh, have like a, um, a bird bath back there and a little scrubber because it gets kind of nasty every now and then. So I have to like, at least two or three times a week, I have to scrub out the, um, the fountain just to... Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't want my birds to have dirty water. I'm right. not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brandy. You're so interesting and fascinating and you uplifted us and I know our audience will love you. So thank you for being here and um, yeah, sending you lots of luck on your, your next adventures. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a joy to meet all of you guys. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next episode um we want to mention volunteer network oc (laughs) important um volunteer network oc make sure to go to their app it's really easy they have volunteer opportunities all over southern california for homeless food banks um they do different nonprofit events and um even kids can volunteer or teens so it's just it's cool because you go to the app and you can find like a hundred different volunteer opportunities and find the one that fits you. So go to Volunteer Network OC app. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com and follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs>